live from Tel Aviv, two nice Jewish boys, Aitzid Weinstein and Naor Mininger. Hello, Aitan. Hello, Hello. Naor. What's How are up? you? I'm great. What about you? Okay, I mean, I feel, I feel like the world's collapsing again. Every week, the world's collapsing around It's us. It's getting even collapsier. Yeah, BB's going to jail. Trump's filming prostitutes doing golden showers. Right, right, right. Did you shower today? Not, I mean, not a regular shower. <laughs> But yes. Oh, God. I managed to shower today. Good. I take BB a shower once jail? a week. I, I don't know. What, you don't think he is? Not that soon. It's going to take a while. Sooner rather than later, I mean, some hopes. So. I don't know. I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can't. You have inside information. So we're here with. Can, can we say Chen? Because it's Jews. They wow. know the Chet. You're opening such a big topic for a conversation here. My name. Because it's. Yeah, it's Chen. It's right? Chen. But um, in my passport, it's Hen Lieberman. And we all know that Hen is a chicken. My parents didn't know. Because Israelis don't, they say chicken. They, they, they don't know that Hen is also a chicken. Right. Yeah. So you have that. And then when I moved to New York, um, I, at first I was Chen Lieberman, C-H-E-N. But then people were like, What are you? you're not Asian, so why is your name Chen? And then I change it. This, one day, this guy told me, you should name yourself Shen. It sounds nice. It sounds like a short for Shannon. It sounds cool. It seems cool. like the easier option would have just been to say that you are Asian. Well, yeah, I guess. You know. Well, no, no, when people saw me, they were a little ah, confused, you know. Yeah. So, so if I... She's, if she's Asian, she, she did some fine surgeries. Exactly. <laughs> so I decided, okay, I'll go for Shen. And then a day after... This uh, person at work it was, uh, told me, you should open a Facebook page. I was like, what's Facebook? And so I opened it, and I named myself Shen Lieberman on right. Facebook, not knowing the consequences that that will have. So yeah. now I'm Shen Lieberman on Facebook, Chan Lieberman on Twitter. So no one can find me. I'm not getting enough <laughs> followers. Right. And, uh, well, that's why we brought and you Han here. And Shen Lieberman on my passport. After this is aired, you'll, you'll, you'll be squashed with... Great. With dozen of followers. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, so introduce that our and the guests. beer. Yeah, yeah, and, and the strawberries from and the Kadima. Strawberries. I already finished them. They're from Kadima. There's oh, still two good. left. And okay. I mean, you can I'll, like I'll nibble away at the at the uh, yeah. the pits. <laughs> so Aidan, so. introduce. So I I'm saying well, let's keep Chen because our audiences are Jews. You know, so they, they know Chet. Yeah, they're fine with it. It's just that in America, if someone asks you, okay, what's your name? Hi, nice to meet you, and you go like Chen, they're like they don't even think you just said your name. They right. think you just like sneeze. Yeah, <laughs> they they think <laughs> you have a problem or something. So it's like Chen. But yeah, Jews are more aware so of that. So how quick did this transition happen in the States? It just immediately when you landed? Was well, the I landed as control? Chen. Because most, mostly, most Chen in Israel mm -hmm. change it to Chen. Um, that's like the obvious thing to do. So right. I came as Chen. And after sending a few emails to people, signing off Chen Lieberman, and then meeting them and see how they just don't get it. Buffled. I was like, yeah. and I, of course I considered Grace. Which is the grace? meaning of ah, okay. Chen, okay. Amazing Grace. Yeah. Like I don't know, no, but that that didn't feel right. Yeah. Chen, and I even thought of Jen, but yeah. I still wanted to maintain some uh, something of my uh, me being a foreigner. I yeah. didn't want right. to become like an American. And uh, well, you, you can know. imagine what it was like growing up in Birmingham, Alabama, as Aton. <laughs> and my oh, mother, it's like a big. 
yeah. mark on you like th- throw rocks at me the, please the Jew boy. Ethan so that that's works. the thing my mother is uh, is like a hardcore Israeli uh-huh. you know from Haifa and, I'm from uh, Haifa from too Haifa, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. her biographer biographer by the way also oh, okay I see <laughs> so, yeah. so so she like I I remember at age 10 I think I had the swimming lessons and my swimming instructor the first day was like, uh, so what's your name? And I said, and she was there, you know, because she brought me because I'm 10. Yeah. <laughs> she was a responsible mother. That's good. That's you know, good yeah. that she brought you. So she, so she's standing there and I'm like, and, and for, I remember for like, like at least two years, I had this dream of calling myself Ethan because mm-hmm. I just wanted to be normal. I was like a kid. So I, I told him, like I whispered to him so she wouldn't hear. I was like, Ethan? And she like she basically just, like slapped me. She's like Eitan, and I'm like, and from then I'm like traumatized. How so did a is... nice Israeli girl found herself in that's Birmingham? A, that's a long story. Wow, yeah, interesting. But, okay, yeah. Well, she we'll fell in love with later. the KKK. Yeah, don't don't ask. Okay, okay, but Chen, you yeah. are uh, the yeah. Let's talk about me. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about you because <laughs> she's a journalist. She was she will always try to it's, yeah, you know, exactly. it's like meeting. It's like meeting with a. Uh, like going on a date with a with a psychiatrist, Psychi- yeah, yeah, and you always feel analyzed. So yeah. that's how it is when you. By try the to end do a of the episode, it's just going to be me and Noah <laughs> crying about our childhood traumas. <laughs> no, so you are the uh, head of the cultural desk at Channel Ten News, yes. right? Which is a big and important news. Like I don't know what figure the American equivalent, but. One of the hmm, biggest. Let's see. Rupert um, Murdoch. Well, no, <laughs> but I'm trying to think of uh, an equivalent because the way culture is being covered in America is more like uh, Entertainment Tonight, Entertainment News, E! Online, E! News, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it never really deals with the the material. It deals with the people, the celebrities that mm-hmm. behind the material. Right. And what I'm doing is... Um, culture news it means that i'm talking about the movie itself and the content and not the uh, just for example i just did an interview with mark Wahlberg and kevin bacon in la so because uh, they're marky starring, mark marky mark and they're starring in a movie called the uh, patriots day about the attacks in boston 2013 mm-hmm. so I wanted to talk to them not about what they're doing in their personal life and their you know love affairs or whatever. I want to talk about the movie, and uh, I I'm not I can't really find an equivalent for that in American media, but maybe because I'm just not as aware. Although I did live there for seven years, so I guess <laughs> there. I mean, when you look at the news programs in uh, America, they have no culture segments. They don't have culture like in segments. CNN or you do have in the local news because I worked for a little bit. I was an intern in uh, ABC News, Eyewitness News in New York. It's the local news in mm-hmm. New York. It's part of it, ABC. So they had Sandy Kanyak. He's a film critic. So mm-hmm. they had film reviews, but they don't have stories about culture. It's not when they talk about well, the actors. They talk about them as celebrities. Yes, when exactly. They discuss yeah. their lives well, you and... guys know why that is, because they're all <laughs> dishonest media. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's lying. It's a product of lying, Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> um. So what? Who so was you were you, saying? But you, started, you were introducing the guest. I was introducing. Oh yeah, and, and then again, the guest I so rudely interrupted me. <laughs> yeah, <No>. sorry. <laughs> but again. you, you, uh, you started actually your career here in Israel in uh, the Army Radio. Yes, Galit Saha, which Galet is Saha. the Army, the IDF radio station, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's a mutation. That's the that's how I always uh, begin explaining it to people. Um, who are not from Israel, because it's a radio station governed by the army. Um, the budget is coming from the defense budget in Israel, but it's not 
what it seems to be. I mean, it's not what you might assume it will be. Um, it's not a spokes uh, department for the mm-hmm. for the army. It's a very liberal. It's one of the more liberal stations. Although many during the years have wanted it to be. I guess. Yes. Well, I mean, I think that every well, the heads of the IDF throughout the years always said that they don't think that the IDF should uh, finance this kind of project, and I think they're right. But the fact is that it exists, and it still provides the best journalists because they join the army when they're eighteen, and they become journalists at a very young age, and it's the best school for journalists yeah, because. Well, yeah. Sorry. I, I think also. Galate Sahel, because it's not dependent on ratings, because it's it has government funding, so it helps young journalists to understand their role and their responsibility without relying on ratings. When you move to more commercial media, then you always think, what's wh- what's the more interesting thing, not the more important thing to do? They're also free from you know vested interests of, of well, all kinds from, of uh, external... Well, from commercial interests, yeah. but they do have other interests. Political. Yeah, political, the army interests, but because it's so out there, it's mm-hmm. so obvious, then it's actually easier for them to go under, to go against those interests, because right. uh, they're actually, they want to show that they're not caving in to the interest because it's all out there when you have commercial media so no one knows really what the interests are well i I guess the function that it feels for 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 journalists is similar to the function that for example the intelligence computer unit uh do what they do for young programmers so it's it's like a motif it has it's similar exactly i i feel like i was uh boosting you yeah I, I feel like I was uh, programmed to be a reporter at a very young age yeah and that's why I'm still doing that I, <laughs> I learned this this actually this week I think yesterday I was listening to uh, an interview with you on uh, Geekonomy which is a podcast and uh, I learned that uh, Galatz was the army radio was actually for for drivers like originally? Galgalatz. Galgalatz. Okay. Ah, okay. You're talking about the discussion we had about uh, a singer who claims she's uh, actually our culture minister who uh, claims that Galgalatz, which is the um, like a music, popular music. Yeah, but it's uh, it's also funded by the army. Yeah. And it's, it's like a cousin uh, of, of. It's a branch. It's a branch of Galatz. Yeah. But um, it's. Uh, it's main de- mandatory um, to just uh, play music and raise awareness uh, within drivers for like safer driving. Oh, it's in their mandate to, to yeah, do that's that. Yeah, that's their mandate. So that's uh-huh. why they started that station. Mm-hmm. So they'll play nice music, fun music, not too loud, not too rocky, just like very mainstream music. And then implement. With- Implement messages uh-huh. about safe driving. Now uh, it was originally for army drivers or for all drivers. No, for all drivers. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's nationally broadcast. And all drivers are army drivers. And <laughs> exactly, because everybody. In yeah. So our culture minister, uh, when Miri Regev, Miri Regev, <laughs> you say to, it with such disdain. Li- she likes to <laughs> make big fusses and turn half of the country against the other half. Um, Which against, is fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's, uh, she's like the Israeli Trump, uh, Israeli and female Trump. And, um, Minus the golden so, showers. Yeah, so um, anyway, you just made me imagine something that I don't want. <laughs> have a strawberry. Yeah, it wasn't it, yeah. him, it was Russian prostitutes. Yes. So you, you don't have to be uncomfortable. 
uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, so uh, our culture minister claims that Gal Galas, because it's uh, government funded, it uh-huh. should uh, allow every genre in Israeli music its platform and should play everybody's music, blah, blah, blah. Now, she's, she might be right, but that's not the mandate. We have other public stations and they have that mandate. So there's this big confusion. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Gal Galatz, which is a branch of Galatz, is mm-hmm. just music okay. and talks about safe driving. Galatz mm-hmm. is the more, it's uh, news and so they're But they're both under the auspices of the army. Yes. Yes. Oh, and, okay. you th- and you and you say to those who oppose this the existence of those stations that, that they right. should exist. Well, no, I say you're right, but that's um, just a giving situation. Right. You're right. I, I mean, what I'm saying to them is that they're 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 right because there's no need for the army to fund a station. However, that's an existing situation that is existing now for 50 years. And the result is that there's a really good station and it would be too bad to close it because when we see the budget, it's not really that fundamental. I mean, if you close it, it's not like things are going to one It's one Iron Dome missile. Yeah. However, uh, you know, you can say it about many, many things. Uh, eventually, you'll have to cut somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that... It's not that like they pay you, if at all, they don't, nearly don't pay anyone there. Salary. No, well, no, they pay civilians. They do pay me. Now that I work there once a week, right. I get paid not a lot. Because, not a lot. And I accept the fact, uh, yeah, and everybody knows that when they come and work in Galatz, they know that they're not going to get a lot of, uh, not going to get that big of a payment, but they do it because it's... Patriotic. It, well, no, it's just, it's a great station. It's a really, it's a high quality station. It's always fun to go back there. Um, but when we really talk about the funding, you know, the army funding, if they want to cut funding, they need to consider bigger things, I think, and not Galate Sahel, right. which is like a tiny, 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 a fraction of a percent. When like. you look at the fact that we still have a mandatory army service, that's where all the money goes. Right. When I did a whole uh, story, a whole project about on Channel 10 about the mandatory army service questioning its existence because it's such a consensus no one ever dares to question whether we should still all go to the army when we're 18 and 65 percent of the army budget the defense budget goes to human resources only the chloride on my on the pools on the air air force base where i served you know Mm -hmm. only the chloride but that's that's important (laughs) otherwise where would you swim and where would i meet meet, uh, girls and stuff yeah that's what there's an army for right i think that today the mandatory army service is not really necessary for our defense it's necessary for our uh for our union for our um patriotism that kind of stuff and the the reactor what they call the reactor it's like a kuraituch that oh yeah like yeah exactly Uh, it's the melting pot the melting pot pot. but outside of outside of galatz and galgalatz is there a fully funded uh uh, national broadcasting uh radio station yeah you have the yeah yeah. which is now it will be the tagin from now yes so you have several reshet bet they're all one they are all all one one. just on different frequencies yeah different frequencies so you have reshet gimel for example that's Uh a station that airs only israeli music because i mean what the culture minister claims is that 
she thinks that Galgalatz should air more Israeli music and not, you know, Beyonce and yeah. Rihanna. They and shouldn't get... Mizrahi music. Yes, exactly. And, you know, she's just... And she says it like it's a fact, but no. I mean, every, every public station has its own role and mm-hmm. own definition. So, I mean, if people that claims that Galgalatz is not giving enough air space to local musicians... If they'll get what they want, eventually Galgalatz will not be as popular as it is right now, so it won't really help anyone. Yeah. I mean, they'll just drown who, the baby. Who, which station does have airspace for local musicians? Most stations. And Galgalatz also airs like a 55% Hebrew music, so it's oh, not okay. like it's not airing it. But how was the service like when you just got there? How was it? Um, wow, it was, you know, it's... I feel bad, compl- not complaining, I feel bad, you know, talking about the difficulties that I had throughout my service because it's the best army service you can get. Yeah. But... You didn't go um, to Gaza. No, it was, you know, and I didn't even uh, stay in a closed base. We all had our own apartments in Tel Aviv. So that was great. You know, wow. I'm 18 years old, came from Haifa. You get your own apartment. Of course, you have to put few bucks yourself and get some help from your parents because it's it was kind of hard to get a real apartment with the with the budget that they gave us yeah. however you know you start your life as an adult you're not really a soldier so that's amazing uh-huh. but if I don't compare it to other army services and just compare it to being an 18 year old starting to work in the radio station that is nationally broadcast everybody's hearing you you work with all these um, very well-known uh, talents, celebrities who come to egos. the radios. Uh, yeah, big egos. And they all yell at you, and it's a lot of pressure. And for an 18-year-old, it's weird. It's a weird... It's a lot of weight on yeah. the shoulders. It was, you know, a lot of competition. And I remember three months before um, the ending of my service, I was so stressed out that I'm not going to find a really good job in the media because... That's what happens, you know, you leave, you finish your army service in Galeitzal and everybody, all the other media outlets, they just, you know, they just grab you. But when we, when we got out of the army, it was, I think, 2003, and you didn't have many options in the Israeli media back then. You don't have it now either. Maybe you will with the Tagid, mm-hmm. but... I remember I was so stressed out and I got sick and I was hospitalized just because of the stress. I was just, uh, wow. so, but that taught me how to like take things easier. And then I stayed as a civilian. I uh, stayed as a civilian. I was a forensic reporter. And then I got a job offer from uh, the Israeli Entertainment Tonight, mm-hmm. which is, uh, if, uh, should I say it? Uh, We're talking go about right names. Ahead. Go right ahead. Um, Guy Penis. That's the name of the show. Erev Tov. Good evening with Guy Penis. That's his name. That's sorry, his guys. Name. I'm sorry. That's I his didn't. name. No, we, I mean, if, <laughs> we would only laugh at that if we're immature and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we wouldn't. <laughs> the guy's we're not name is Guy Penis. the jokes. That's That's not, the jokes. It's not funny. It's not. The yeah. guy's name is Guy Penis, not Pines Penis. Sorry. He's very famous here in Israel. He's the yeah. number one. Like, He's is, the Israeli Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, it's like the E-Channel compressed to one guy and yeah. one show that, that has run for 20 years. Um, something like yeah, that, something even, like more, that. Mm-hmm. even more, even yeah, more. Um, yeah, when I was there, it was nine years. So yeah, yeah. and that was a decade ago. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but almost who counts? Years. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, almost twenty years. So so you got work there, and and also you moved, as we said, to the states, right? Yeah. So um, I was a 
I was 20 years old, finished the army, stayed as a civilian, as a forensic reporter, got a job offer to work for that show, which was a big shift for me because I was a foreign affairs reporter, a forensic reporter. I wasn't in the entertainment business. That That's not what I was covering back then. But they offered me that job, and it was moving to, uh, shifting to television from radio. And I was curious, and I was 20 years old. I was like, yeah, I should go for it. And Curious, I, or I mean, like, crazy excited? Well, Because, yeah. I mean, I feel like as a 20-year-old, you know, you get a job in TV. It's, like, glamorous. But and- as a 20-year-old serving in Galit Sahal, you have, you're, or, you already have expectations. So mm-hmm. it's not as, you know. Oh, I see. Exactly. You're like, well, I just got guy penis? Like, that's yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but still, I, I remember it was a big deal back then okay. for me and for people that served with me. They were like, oh, okay, she's going to television. That's nice for her. Um, so I did that. Uh, for a year. And I have mm. to say that, you know, it was a great experience. Only in, a year you were in Guy Penis? Well, it's come uh, only a year on in, in the studio. And then I moved to New York and I just stayed as their reporter in New York right. and L.A. Doing the fun things, the interviews, like the press junkets with celebrity, uh, Hollywood celebrities. So that was nice. Um, oh, I just got a really annoying message from uh, my uh, editor. She wants me to work tomorrow. Damn. Oh, no. Yeah. Get her on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so where was I? Yeah, so it was exciting. It was challenging. I learned how to do great television when I was only 20 years old. But I do have to say that dealing with people, with celebrities' personal lives, I just I wasn't interested. I just didn't care. I just don't care. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I just, yeah, I don't care if she's pregnant, if she's yeah. not pregnant. If you don't care, how could you fit in the States? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then, so I And look to- at him. <laughs> guy, guy penis is like the Israeli equivalent of TMZ. So, I mean, he does do that kind of like an yeah. intrusive, like talk about their lives, gossip kind of news, yeah. right? Yeah, and I was expected to bring that kind of news. And I was like, yeah. no, I can't. I don't know. I don't even know how. I mean, yeah. how do you bring gossip news? I mean, you get friends with people and you're like a spy. I, I don't know. How do people do that? I, plant I just, cameras, plant cameras. Yes, I. you see, I just, I wasn't interested. Okay. But uh, after a year, I moved to New York, uh, went to school there. And then I did what I like to do for uh, Guy Penis, which is, the, you know the interviews with yeah uh, meeting cool people yeah exactly so you interviewed a lot of big Hollywood celebrities yeah who was many, the many, who who was the first one that you interviewed the first one well the first one was actually in London when I still lived in Israel it was Kevin Spacey mm-hmm. um that he was a uh, that was uh, for his roles uh, Lex Luthor in yeah Superman uh, in Superman uh, one of them. Superman with Brendan Routh, if you remember. That's the guy yeah, who yeah, played yeah. Superman. No one remembers him. Um, that was a very bad experience for me. It was my first interview Not as bad ever. as the movie. Wait, why, why yeah. was it so bad? Because, well, I was used to just, you know, asking whatever I want because I, I used to interview celebrities uh-huh. in Israel. So you, uh, you're rude and you're, like, uh, sassy. Everybody knows that no one cares. Yeah. So it's, like, <laughs> not, not as much pressure. No, but, like, you know, you allow yourself to ask questions yeah. because they care, they care about you. They want to be on your show. So I didn't know, and I went to interview Kevin Spacey. These interviews are, like, these... Um, 
assembly line of reporters coming mm. in one after the other and it's four minutes and you're out and it's like a, with a stopper you can't even if you want him to dwell on a uh, on an answer or to clarify an answer no it's like that's what he said and that's what you're gonna use in your story there's no way to correct things so and you're not allowed to ask personal questions but I wasn't really aware of that so <laughs> I are you gay? Well, it wasn't exactly like that, but it was actually even worse because, okay, so there were rumors that Brandon Routh, the guy who played Superman in that film, there were rumors that, he, that he's gay. So what I did, I came to Kevin Spacey and I said, well, there are rumors that Brandon Routh is gay. Um, do you have any tips for him to deal with those rumors since you've dealt with the same one? So you asked him about the rumor <laughs> of another actor and then implied that maybe he was gay. <laughs> it was awful. And Kevin's it, it's like today, oh, looking amazing. back, I was like, how the hell did I even <laughs> attempt to do that? That's the rudest thing. How did he answer? Like, no one does that, but I didn't know that back then. I was 20 years old. So he answered, well, that's the problem that that's what people of your profession do for a living. And Oof. then he looked me straight in the eye and said, lie. And, you know, we're not lying. Like, he is. An, yeah. I, I mean, I have proofs. But it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to out Kevin Spacey. Yeah, maybe you should cut that. But it's like, no, I think that today he won't. He's mind. out. He's but out, no. but he never yeah. talked about it. But he's yeah. out. He's out. He's out. Like, everybody knows he's not hiding yeah, 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 it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I lived in New York, I had neighbors, uh, gay neighbors, and they were like stylists, famous stylists, yeah. and he was always there in all their parties, and I heard him talk about gay porn. Like, I heard him. So, right. he's gay. I'll tell you what the problem is. <laughs> uh, he's out, but he wasn't Ochovskied yet. That's the problem. He wasn't what? Ochovsky. Ochovsky. Yeah. yeah. No one's going to understand what you're These Israeli references are flying over my yeah. head. And he, probably yeah. Ochovsky is, so. is a very famous like gay man here in Israel. And his uh, hobby is to put people out of the closet without asking them. What? Yeah. So <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's been a controversy. But Kevin Spacey had he had that uh, he had that scene in uh, House of Cards where he had like a threesome with his wife. Oh yeah, the, uh, and yeah. um and the uh, bodyguard. The bodyguard, the bodyguard. security yeah, 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 guy. Yeah. So I feel like that was like when that happened. A wink. I, like, I mean, yeah, he's an actor, but you know. But they had to do it. But they had to do it. Yeah. So he was my first one. That wasn't easy. And um, they also took me aside, the producers. They were like, um, you're not allowed to ask these kind of questions. <laughs> and I started arguing. I was like, what? But it's about, they were like, you should only ask about the movie. And I'm like, but it's about the buzz around the movie. Like, no, no, you're an idiot. Just shut up and say <laughs> they sorry. They don't review your questions before you go into those interviews? No. I mean... That happened maybe once with uh, Steven Seagal. I was at his house. He wanted to see the questions in advance. He also asked for the reporter to be a young female, young, good-looking female. <laughs> he, that was his requirement, really. I'm not joking. Oh, That's awful. God. And they flew me to Arizona, to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, to his house. And at the end of the interview, he got up and pulled up his gun because he's a sheriff also. He's like this that was crazy. Like, oh and God. he just like showed me how he cocks um, him. Yeah, so it he was pulled out his gun, but he probably just wanted to get the questions to make sure that he like understands them. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it's I like guess. I need to read these yeah. before. Um, so how was the state? Did you have how fun? Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I had so many different jobs back there, and so I started in the Israeli consulate, 
And then I decided that I don't want to be in this like Israeli ghetto with other Israelis. I want to really live New York and live the live it to the fullest. So I became a waitress because <laughs> that's how you live New York to the fullest. Um, also, I was on a student visa, so I wasn't allowed to do anything else. Uh-huh. I wasn't even allowed to do that, but like. Yes, I hope no one from the authorities is listening. But you really left me no choice. What can I do? I was a student and I had to make a living. Like my sounds like a sound case. Yeah. Uh, you know, for court. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh, damn it. You left me no choice. <laughs> I had no money. Yeah. I did have no money. So I was a waitress. Yeah. Then I was a manager at the Hummus Place in New York. It was oh, a restaurant. Yeah. Still is a restaurant. And uh, that was fun. I, you know, I. And it wasn't an Israeli ghetto there? Well, it's funny. Like, so I tried to move away from the Israeli ghetto. I started in a. But, but because I had no papers, eventually <laughs> I found myself getting jobs only at Israeli owners. But when it's a restaurant, then you have customers from all over. Mm-hmm. Right. You might work with an Israeli owner or Israeli waiters, uh, colleagues, but colleagues. But, but <laughs> so people around you are Israelis, but the customers aren't. So right. that works. And uh, that was fun. I really loved it. And so while being a waitress, I still worked for Guy Penis. So once a month, I would go to L.A. So working as a waitress in the Hamas, but then going to L.A., staying at the Four Seasons, interviewing the biggest celebrities in Hollywood, then going straight back to the airport, then taking a cab for a 12-hour shift at the Hamas place. So I had this very... Polarized. Uh, I, I, feel, I feel like that only happens like to Israeli reporters, where <laughs> you're, you know, you're you're working for one of the biggest television shows, you know, late night, uh, reality, not reality, but. Um, late night yeah. entertainment tonight. Yeah. yeah. Um, entertainment. Then you, then you eat a croissant in aroma. Yeah. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Um, I. But that's what's nice about here. No, that's the fun. That's well, the fun. that was it. Wasn't I mean? You've just been you've been conditioned to call it fun. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. I also always try to find the you know the positive thing about it. So I was like, yeah, it's fun because then I appreciate what I have in LA even more. I appreciate the Four Seasons because I live in this dump in New York. <laughs> Great, but maybe I would even enjoy more if. That was a more constant yeah. being. Yeah. However, Just maybe, though. Yeah, but, but I'm thinking, I'm looking back at the other reporters, like the French reporter, the Italian reporter. Yeah, they all had full-time jobs as mm-hmm. foreign reporters, as based, you know, as L.A.-based reporters. Yeah. So we, we don't have that in they, Israel. You, you, did, you, mean, you, you took on this job, like, purely for financial reasons. Like it wasn't the like it wasn't job. like you were you wanted to uh, I don't know experience the wonders of being a waitress. Oh no, yeah, of course, York. of course. I took it yeah. for financial reasons because I couldn't make a living from what I did yeah. for yeah. Guy Penis, and I don't blame Guy Penis for that. But you know, I worked like once a month. It wasn't like that busy or hectic. So mm-hmm. and then you come back and you start, and soon enough you wind up in in Olcesser. Well, not exactly. I actually, 10. I came back. I wasn't planning. on coming back I never even thought of going back and living in Israel I, really that was never part of the plan I kind of like I was in love with, with New York for six years my sixth year there I was like getting a bit tired and It's I a classic sixth year syndrome. yeah and I considered maybe moving to London maybe doing something else but mm-hmm. I never thought of going back to Israel but I did came for a come for a visit I was here for my fifth visit only and um, 
suddenly I had a great time here in Israel. So I was at the beach and I was talking to a friend of mine who just came back from back then. She was just uh, returning from New York. And I was like, I don't know how it happened. It was like just something like the notion just landed on me that I that I can move back to Israel, that it's fine. Because, I mean, I kept telling myself, you can't leave Israel just to go back. Mm-hmm. That won't make any sense. But I just threw out that kind of narrative that I dictated to myself. And I was like, it might not be such a bad idea. So I was planning on going back to New York, finding a job in Israel, blah, 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 and then returning. But three hours after I just decided that I can come back to Israel, that it's an okay move um, on my behalf, I heard that there's there's this position in Channel 10 as the head of the culture desk. I wrote a message to the head of uh, Channel 10 because he was my boss back in Galei Tzahal. Um, the and, famous Israeli connections. Exactly. So uh, he told me that they're actually negotiating with someone else, but that he'll let me know if that doesn't work out. So he did let me know. After two days, we met. We decided we were going for it. I canceled my uh, flight back to New York. And never went back. It's amazing. So I An amazing even, story. Yeah, thank you. I didn't even return to like pack my things. My sister did it for me and she threw 70% of all my belongings. So, <laughs> How right? dare she? Yeah. Just 70? Um, yeah. That's cool. Now, I, w- I wanted to, to talk to you a little bit about the things that you did um, as a reporter. Because you did a few of very interesting, um, uh, not only... Um, pieces but like a series yes we have these uh, projects in our main uh, news program we're trying to be like a, more of a magazine because we understand that people watch the news all day they get it online so at 8 p.m they don't really need you to bring them everything again because the news want- here the main news is from 8 p.m to about nine and a quarter it's yes. like one hour and a half or 15 minutes of a broadcast. 50 minutes of broadcast. Yeah, that's the main news program. In America, it's like at 6 p.m., the national news, right? 6, 6.30, Diane Sawyer. Let's ask the Americans. I didn't watch the news when I was 17. <laughs> yeah, here everybody, everybody thinks that You're Israelis useless. are addicted to news, but it's just because we don't leave them any other choice. So, yeah, yes. Also, it's, a, it's amazing to me that the news comes on here when you're driving in the car once an hour. It's like, oh yeah. Wh- why do you need the news so often? Like, what the hell has happened that I, you need to be updated? I wonder if someone will have the guts, the courage to. Eighty-eight FM had the, the guts to do to cut it. Yeah, they yeah. don't have it every hour. No, a, about two years ago, they decided to stop. I they are the that. only ones who dis- who had the guts to do it. So, how often do they have the news? They don't have the news. No news at all. Wow, I didn't know that. Good to it's know. cool. Okay, yeah, I wish good. I knew that because I, I would drive. I had a period where I was driving, uh, commuting to work. And and every time the, the hour hits, you're forced to listen to the news. And that's this, this one hour cycle. It's the cycle like, okay, I'm depressed from the news. Then it fades off. It fades off. Yeah. It fades off. And just <laughs> as, it, as it sank, the, the news. <laughs> the yeah. I'm depressed again. The worst part about it, though, is the two minutes before the news. Because you know, like, there's... They can't play a song because they know there's not enough time before the news uh-huh. to play a song. So they put commercials on. And that is the worst. That's the yeah. worst. Right. Well, they'll put commercials anyway. But yeah, yeah, I mean, the reason we have the news every hour is because the radio here started as a way to inform the people about the, the current, shitty stuff that happens. Yeah, about the current war that is happening. So I mean, people 
is the Israeli being is always in a, on an emergency mm-hmm. uh, state and on the we, edge. Yeah, and we have to get rid of that. That's why we still have an Israeli mandatory service because we always we think that we're still in an emergency state. Yeah. We're not. You don't not. think so? We're not in an emergency state. No. Not more than other places in I the mean, world. We go to war every two years. <laughs> yeah, well, when you're at Come war, on. then it's an emergency state. But currently now, we're not in an emergency state. No. Hmm. And that, you know, I, I didn't make that up. It's like people that are, you know. Um, you can make things up. I yeah, mean, I can. Not. But it's actually things that people from within the army yeah. system, yeah. they will tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's more convenient for politicians to make you think that you're in an emergency state. It's yeah. Israeli We're also syndrome. traumatized still by, I think, wars like the Yom Kippur War. In a sense. Well, we didn't live back then in Yom Kippur. Yeah, So we're I know. not traumatized. Our parents are traumatized. But, you know, somewhere... But you they have influenced to, us. Exactly. But somewhere you have to stop that, you know, stop that uh, continuation. Yeah. And we don't do that. We, we don't work hard enough to change our... To be uh, normal. Our mindset. Normal. Yeah, exactly. Um, so of, anyway... Speaking of changing our mindset... Um, so you you did have one of these series was about uh, uh, the the generation that we live in the generation we're, Y the, yeah yeah the, the generation that us three are part of and yeah. um, although he look I know he looks forty yeah I, know. <laughs> but, <laughs> I look like I'm in a different generation but I, I'm with you guys I promise <laughs> um, but you did you did a series about this and you interviewed uh, several people. Um, we really recommend for our listeners to to check it out. If they speak Hebrew. If you speak yeah. Hebrew, um, maybe you can find it with subtitles. No, you can't. No. No. Okay. No. Well, <laughs> then don't. But <laughs> but but uh, it was it was very interesting because you interviewed four people. parts. Yeah, four series, parts, like mini series. Yes. And you interviewed uh, um, uh, several people that were in that are part of the generation and that grew up uh, with this notion in mind that they're going to be um, something amazing. Because Hollywood will tell you that, right? Every movie that mm-hmm. we see is about how you can, you know, you can live the dream and that the sky is the limit. And that's the kind of messages that we always get. It's the message that the... It's I Western think, society message. Western society, capitalism. That's what capitalism yeah. tells you. I mean, if you only work hard enough, you can make it mm-hmm. anywhere, right? Yeah. Um, so that message developed into you can be anything. And um, we moved from a more collective society to a more individual society. So everybody wants to be everything and they want to and they think the sky's the limit. Um, and no one told them that we are all born with different qualities and different gifts. So, you know, I really, I love singing, but I'm, I'm a bad singer. What can I do? So yeah, rumor has it. You're like the karaoke queen of I'm Tel Aviv. I'm the karaoke queen of Tel Aviv. It's not a rumor. It's the <laughs> truth. But it's a fact. But uh, yeah. Well, and why am I the karaoke woman? Because I love singing, but I really suck. Like, I just don't know how to sing. So that's, <laughs> so we're not that's what get karaoke is. So of course you will. But I, mean, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't claim to be good at it, but I still love it. And I'll do it anytime, anywhere. Did you, did you have a dream growing up to be a singer? No, from a very young age, I was told that I'm not a. Yeah, (laughs) I knew I sucked. Because your mom told you, you suck. My mom, the teacher, everybody. So I didn't even try. Uh, And I actually, I think 
that in retrospect, I think that if they hadn't told me that, I could actually develop a nice voice. But they made me feel like I'm such a bad singer that I didn't. And there's now the, I'm making up the, for it. There's the denial. Yeah. <laughs> How do you make so, up for it? Um, so now I'm making up for it with all these karaoke things. Like right. I just I just sing all the time. I just I enjoy it so much. But um, talking about going back to Generation Y, so yeah. it's people that are just frustrated because they feel like the world promised them something and they're not getting it. And it's also, and I think it's, uh, you know, watching Game of Thrones now. I started kind of recently, actually. Okay, I'm interested um, how you're going to yeah. bring this in. So <laughs> you look, I mean, you look at the, um, you look at a society when it's uh, Game of Thrones, a society that is a more collective society. Everybody's willing to die for the crown, right? And they do. And they do, exactly. <laughs> Everybody does. Every season. And you see how, Fathers can give away their daughters just like they were a piece of meat just for, you know, uh, political connections or financial connections. And you wonder how can a father do that to his daughter? Well, that's because the father is not narcissistic and he doesn't see the daughter as a branch of himself because it's a more collective society. So the sense of me is not that strong, and that's why things were different. Today, the sense of me is so strong that the parents preserve and protect their kids, and the kids live in this, they grow up in this, uh, you call it a cotton, like they yeah. uh, they grow up in cotton. They, yeah, they yeah. feel like they're protected, and uh, but that's not reality. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, even though you... So it's the parents' fault. But it's it's not the parents' fault. It's you know it's well, it's everybody's fault. I mean the parents can be. How is it my fault? Well, I I'll tell you the thing is no, you can't really blame it on anyone because it's such a collective uh, phenomenon. Is it, is it though? Well, of course that you, there's no such thing really as generations. Like it's not science when you talk about generations and you differentiate between generation Y and generation X and baby boomers. It doesn't really make sense because, you know, you look at a certain period, but if I was born in 1985, how different, and that's a new generation, am I really different from someone who was born in 1984? No. So it's a very inaccurate science. It's not science. The reason I'm asking you is because, you know, it seems to me that always those who make the noise are those who feel... neglected let's say Mm -hmm. and but i always wonder what about all i i always feel even in the big um uh 2011 um protests uh that we've had yeah uh, i i even then i which i didn't take part of i felt that where are the silent ones who who don't relate to that where are they? Do they exist? I think they do. So I'm wondering also about, and I think in the in the um, I I don't recall if you showed that side in in the articles that you you directed, but um, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, of course you you can find people who belong to Generation Y, age wise, but they have great jobs like yourself, like myself. Well, it's funny because many people wrote. Shan Lieberman found a job and now she's making fun of all her generation. Because I mean, they were like, who are you to talk about Generation Y? Look at yourself. You're a reporter. You have a really nice job. I live with the roommate, so I guess I am But that's part a choice. Of- you could well, live in Yadaliao like a queen. <laughs> exactly. Well, I prefer not. In South Tel Aviv. But I mean... I don't make enough money. I, I mean, I don't make as much money as my uh, as someone from another generation starting the same kind of job. 
10 years ago would make that's just so that's not a generation y that's not a feeling that's actually that's just facts if you look at the facts generation y is the people that got out of school when the regression uh started when they was actually in the midst of the regression right um so they got out of school and they don't have enough jobs and they can't find a job and the they and can't find job they you can know, find I've, jobs I've, but I've, the pay is not as it used to be i've been to italy mm-hmm And I talked to this young woman who told me she, she actually thinks about going to the military because that's her only chance for a decent for a job that won't, that will be stable. I mean, I feel uh, a bit like uh, you know when I look at what goes on in other places, it feel, I, it just I see a big contrast uh, uh, between um, what people describe in in those articles about generation Y and what I see mm-hmm. here, what I see elsewhere. But what you just described about this girl from Italy, it sounds exactly like generation Y uh, problem because, and generation Y it's a world, uh, it's a universal problem. It's not like, it's not just in Israel. Yeah. In Israel, it's a bit more in Israel. I think everybody's generation Y. No one can find them. No one can buy an apartment. There's not enough money. The prices are really high so everybody gets into that uh but is it under true, that umbrella is it true you're asking me if the prices are high yeah are too high for us to buy a, an apartment of yeah. course can you buy an apartment I don't know what you're in financial... Haifa you can buy an apartment so what you're saying is that we want more and we we're not we're not the kind of generation that can compromise and it's true I mean we're more spoiled because my parents You know, my mom worked as a, a nurse. My uh, dad was a salesman for air conditioning. So I don't remember them ever going out to movies or coffee shops. Or they had, Yeah, and they lived in Haifa. They raised four kids. They never had fun the way I do. However, and that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's easy to say that, but the fact is that they raised us to think differently. So you can't... You can't erase the kind of education. So it is their... That's what I'm asking. Yeah, it yeah. is their fault. <laughs> it is You got it out of her. Yes. I, I, well, I, I, won't, I won't blame parents. I won't blame a generation. It's the financial system's fault. That's what I would say. That's the easy... I don't know. I'm, I, I'm very... I, yeah. It's the neoliberalism. I'll tell you that because it's the, the system is the kind of system that wants you to consume more but pays you less. So... You get less pay, but you consume more. Mm-hmm. It depends where And the pay is less. The, that's In good, you know, when I look around me, even Eitan, the man didn't finish <laughs> university. And he went to film school. How, how stupid is that? I It's also true. went to film school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're, when you, because I'm always saying that when I chose to go to film school, I'm, I'm sorry that we're, we're on to this subject, but I think it's, uh, it's a really interesting subject and it keeps everyone busy here in Israel. So I think mm-hmm. it's important to discuss it, although we only have 15 minutes left and you 15? need to go yeah, to I the premiere. To to. But uh, uh, what I'm saying is that when, I, when people say to me, like, uh, you went to study film, what, what the hell do you think? I'm saying, yeah, you know, I took a risk I, and I'm aware of that. And it's a big risk and I was willing to take it but I, I accepted it so but then but then again people who go to study good uh, good professions are uh, getting paid a lot more by the way than our parents what do you describe as a good profession because psychology you can't find a job True. And it's a good profession uh, no, but so I mean, only professions computers that, like computer engineering, engineering yeah yeah any yeah. other examples well, 
um yeah uh, uh building uh in like construction construction yeah construction it's a great job great, great job great, <laughs> great job. job hey i mean w well you know i mean it's really difficult because again we were educated to dream big and, and we're so going to the bad yeah. you're quitting <laughs> he quits he quits yeah, he's at another no. beer uh so we were educated to think big dream big and then when we do that we realize that there's nothing to do with these dreams and yeah. it sucks but right. again i don't want to blame anyone that would be ridiculous it's like you're not you can't blame people right uh, from different generations for a universal problem it's the financial system that's what i think okay i think the financial system again pays you less wants you to consume more and our generation grew up in malls we always consume and consume we were spoiled. and consume. Let's say it. We were, we were spoiled. spoiled big of time. Of course, we were spoiled, but it's not like we asked to be spoiled. That's just the well, reality. Yeah. So we were spoiled, and of course, you know, you'll have, you have advertising. You have uh, companies trying to sell you things. You don't have to buy it, but there's. Uh, you know, people want to be no, but people also want to be normal. Yeah. And normal people consume. Normal people buy things. Yeah. Uh, a normal teenager my age had a JanSport and uh, Airwalk shoes, right? Yeah. So, and I remember my family was always the last one to get a computer, to get a cell phone, but still, um, we had to get those eventually in order for me to feel normal. Yeah. So again, I don't have to be normal, but it's uh, that's the system that we live in. Um, so w from those um, uh, articles, articles you could like, oh, yeah, yeah, like you know, uh, TV, TV projects, projects that you did, Docu documentary Little, projects, yeah, yeah, yeah documentaries. Like documentaries. Um, was there an underline like, uh, th what's the biggest thing that that you you took from that Generation Y? Uh, news pieces. Hmm, interesting, because once I finish something, I kind of. Put it back. Forget it. Right. Uh, but no, it's Generation Y. I, you know, I didn't even want to do that project because really? I felt like there was enough enough said about this uh, yeah. phenomena. And I felt like I have nothing to add. But while working on it, I think that what we did in our uh, TV project is that we gave names and faces to this problem. Like we just interviewed people and allow them from to, all over the country, by the from way, from all over the country, and and we also had a, we had an episode with the Arabs from our generation. That was amazing. Thank you, because we showed that Generation Y. It's not really about your age. It's not even about your location where you live. It's about your society and what it demands of you. What and you saw there is that you you interviewed an an Arab young uh, man, like Israeli Palestinian, and he said he and he said I worked my ass off and I I have this business now i have my pharmacy yeah and, and he's 26 years old yeah. and he has his own pharmacy yeah. he doesn't drink yeah. because he's muslim yeah. um but he doesn't really travel that much he just works his ass off and yeah. he gets what he wants so yeah. it is there is an option to do that exactly still there's always an option it's just how much you're allowed you're able to compromise but again you can't expect people from a certain group uh, social group to compromise the same way you accept you expect other people it's it's just harder it's like going against everything that you grew up knowing yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah there, i mean there seems to be like some kind of uh 
uh, balance because one end of the spectrum is having the individual being at the center of things and being, you know, it's generation me, 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 me. And the other, the other end of the spectrum is kind of to eliminate the individual and say, you know, it's, it's about this collective society. And I was, I was actually in Japan recently and it's, I, I have to say there, the individual element is completely erased and you, you, I mean, it's a very it's collective society, very collective society. And, and it, there's something eerie about it. It's mm-hmm. not exactly like, I mean, it, it's not as idealistic as we seem to, you know, I feel, I feel like there, there needs to be a balance. Maybe the West is doing it wrong, but I'm pro communalism, not mm-hmm. communism, communalism, living in a, you know, more communal state. And I think generation, generation Y is going towards that the direction. shared economy. The yeah, yeah, shared economy, not because of idealistic um, feelings, just because that's what, you know, that's their only choice. And I want really quickly to touch also uh, the, the things that you did about um, sexual harassment here in Israel. Yes. Because we've been also discussing this on on, on past episodes. yeah past episodes i mean it seems so severe here it's actually not as severe it's actually not it's as not. severe as it used to be um not and i don't think that israel is different it's in, not from, different I, I think the reason we feel it's severe is because more and more women talk about about it so mm-hmm. the more more and more women understand things differently and categorize things as sexual harassment things that you know uh years ago if you were a young soldier and uh, your commander would you know flick give you like a flick how do you say it uh, yeah. just like uh slapped pull, your ass slapped your ass like ah whatever yeah you know and you would continue doing your thing um that doesn't work anymore so that hopefully is, yeah well that that is considered sexual harassment so People, women are less ashamed. That's why they come forward. They bring these things up, and that's why we have this feeling that everybody's sexually harassing all the time. Because, and also another thing, the news outlets there are obsessed with these stories, mm-hmm. and that's actually a good thing because it works for us, for yeah. women. However, also, social media. Social media. Everybody's obsessed with it, and because it makes them feel like they're when they do a sexual harassment story, they do something that is important and interesting. At the same time, yeah. so like you can't say no to it's that. It's got the sex element, but it's, it's like it's got the backwards. sex element, but it's also got the yeah. more uh, active so, so, and. So what you're yes. saying is kind of counterintuitively the fact that we're seeing more sexual harassment, sexual uh, assault uh, uh, cases here in Israel could be like a good a thing. good thing. Uh, yeah, I think the rise exactly. The I don't think that more people are sexually harassing. I mm-hmm. think that there's just more awareness to but it. We have a president that just got out of jail for rape. I mean, that seems like we're in a bad, bad place. Yeah, but you know, uh, well, when we talk about Katsav, the president who yeah. was in jail for uh, five years out of seven years, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and people say that it's sending the wrong message to women and uh, his victims. Um, I understand that. However, I don't think that anyone would want to be in Katsav's position right now. It's not like men will see that and say, oh, I can uh, rape women who work uh, work for me because I'll get only five years in jail right. and not seven. No one wants to be Katsav at this point. So I think that we actually we did a good no, progress. I'm not, I'm not saying that he got because he got out of jail, it serves as kind of like a, a non-deterrent or an incentive or whatever for people to rape. I'm saying that the the 
you know, obviously the fact that he went to jail will be deterrent, a, a sort of deterrent. But the state we're in, I mean, we have a president that, you know, just went. I mean, that's that's uh, that is I don't well, know if he it's unheard of in Western that's the thing. culture. The good thing is that he went Unlike to jail. Unlike Trump. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's something to talk about Trump and the fact that he was elected. That's an awful backlash, you know, for the feminist revolution. Uh, but if you think of it, um, Clinton, for example, Bill Clinton, um, what he did with Monica Lewinsky today, probably go to jail. You know, she was an intern. She was 22 years old. So it was consensual. But there was merit. Right. Yeah. So probably he would go to jail or at least be impeached. Things have changed. Back then, no one talked about jail. People only talked about the fact that he lied. That mm-hmm. was the problem. Not the fact that he had a sexual relationship with a 22-year-old intern when he's the president of the United States. You can't get more married than that, mm-hmm. right? But he didn't go to jail. So I think that's the difference. The, the difference is the reason Katsov went to jail is because we've managed to change people's perception of what sexual harassment and rape is. Well, um, Chen... We could do an, another hour. <laughs> it would have been easy and fun. But before we wrap things up, how Bruce Willis hit on you go? Ooh, yeah, that's a nice story. <laughs> so that was my first month in New York and my uh, first time in L.A. So they sent me from Guy Penis to interview. What was it? Who was it? It was Tyra Banks or Renee Zellweger. I think, okay, so I'm staying at the Beverly Wilshire that t- this time. It was the, uh, it's the hotel where they shot pretty woman and I had a whole week there for work and I felt like pretty woman like in this big hotel what the hell so I went to the bar um, the the hotel bar and in LA turns out that if a woman goes by herself to a bar in a hotel men assume she's a working girl it didn't (laughs) matter even when I said that with my laptop doing my homework for school they always thought I'm a working girl because I'm sitting by myself it's crazy and I'm assuming that Bruce Willis thought the same so I was I was uh, sitting at the bar talking to this guy he went to the bathroom and Bruce came from the other side of the bar and just started talking he asked me how do you like these peanuts? Um, how do you like them peanuts? Them peanuts. How do you like them peanuts? And I was like, they're pretty good. So would you like to try some? I asked him, and he's like, that's okay. I have some. I have room service. But I do too. I just don't use it. But everybody has room service. It's like what? Um, so he started talking to me, asking where I'm from. I said Israel. He said Happy Hanukkah, although it was uh, Rosh Hashanah. But you know, for them, it's always Hanukkah yeah. because that's the one that comes with uh, Christmas. So they're yeah. more aware of Hanukkah, yeah. which is for us not the biggest holiday, yeah. right? Yeah. But for Americans, Hanukkah is the Jewish holiday. Yeah. So he said Happy Hanukkah, and then the guy went back, came back from the restrooms and started talking to him, and he was like, "Oh no, that's not what I was <laughs> like." He didn't, he didn't, he was not into that. He started talking to other, to two other girls, and that was so. Yeah, how 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 were the peanuts? How were they? Were great peanuts. It's <laughs> all I ate there because I had no money for anything else. So I was just said so, there at the bar. So guys, if peanuts. you if you need for good peanuts, go to the. Uh, it was the Beverly Wilshire. It's called the Sidebar, I think, at Beverly Wilshire. Yeah. Highly recommended peanuts. And yeah, possibly... but don't go by yourself, girls, because <laughs> yeah. uh, guys will think... Bruce yeah. Willis. Maybe, yeah. maybe maybe some girls would want to go. Well, I mean... I, or boys. My mom was and a bit boys. disappointed that I didn't end up, you know... Yeah, she would be happy? Uh, I mean, she's a good Jewish mother. She wants you to bring Jew- Bruce Willis home? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
I mean, <laughs> just for the fun of it, for the fun story, you know. Yeah, okay. It would be nice to continue that story beyond just yeah. peanuts. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so, so much. Thank you're you. amazing. It was so much fun. And we love what you do. Guys. Keep on doing what you're doing. And uh, Eitan, next week? No. Hopefully. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bye. 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 <laughs>